Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. How's it going, Habs fans? This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. My name is Joseph Whalen. And uh, this is the Marie Richard episode of Canadians Connection, episode nine. And I'm joined by the Carey Price to my Yaroslav Halak, Mr. Rick Stevens. How's it going, Rick? I'm thrilled to be here. These these uh, analogies get better and better and better. I can't wait. Uh, it's probably, probably well, my favorite part of actually, the show. Yeah, this one actually makes sense. This is a very timely week for that one. I'm holding on to that one in my back pocket. And this week was one to go for. Now, We'll dive right into this show because Rick Stevens is always a busy man, but he is a very busy man today because he is at Syracuse. He's going to be headed on to the Laval Rocket game later on. So we will jump right in to winners and losers of the week, a little bit of a rapid-fire edition of winners and losers. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection. All right. So, Rick, do you want to get us started with the, uh, with the winner? I'm going to let you go ahead on this one. Um, All right. It, okay. it just so happens we agree. So um, let, let's yeah. uh, let's hear your take first. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I don't think that this is going to surprise many people. Because I don't think that there – maybe you could put Tomas Tatar in the ranks. It, it's got to be Carey Price. Like, there's no other guy that could probably be. I mean, from that game against the Buffalo Sabres, and we know what happened in that game against the Buffalo Sabres, the fan reaction and everything else that went on. But to, for him to then bounce back the way that he did against Calgary, and as you mentioned, this has not been an easy road trip. You mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. This has been a very tough road trip for the Montreal Canadiens historically over the past five, five years in this era of Montreal Canadiens hockey with Carey Price. This has been a tough road trip for them. And he stepped back into that crease on Thursday. And I, like he was, I don't want to say that he was the Carey Price of old because – this has been the same Carey Price. The problem, and we're going to get into it a little bit later on the show, has been the fact that he has been hung out to dry more than he ever was. I mean, he's always been relied upon uh, way too much, way too much for, for a goalie to be, you know, kind of thrown to the wolves and just has to fend for himself in, these, in, a, in an onslaught of, of chances for the opposition. In particular, the past year or so we've seen that he has really struggled because the team hasn't been very sharp defensively and in that game against Calgary they they weren't they weren't very sharp but Carey Price went in there and absolutely stole two points in the way that we've seen him done the way that we've seen him do it very many you know many times in the past and uh yeah for me there there could have been no other guy to Carey Price I I uh, I fully agree. I I, um, I support you fully, and and um, I I think you're right in that that Carey Price uh, was the only winner, and and I guess I guess that um, in addition to it being a and you're right. I said right from the beginning of the season that my eyes were going to be on on this Western road trip, 
And yeah. that at that point, we would be able to, once it was over, um, we'd be able to tell what kind of team this was. If it was a playoff team, what kind of character it had, if this was, what, what, what were the quality characteristics of this team and the, and the, the failings of this team that, that once that was done, and maybe we'll talk about that next week once the, uh, once the Vancouver game has been played and, and we have a bit of time to digest that. Um, but, you know, after uh, the, the game in Edmonton, uh, which I think could easily be described as what should have been the easiest of the three games, given where, uh, how yeah. the, the, those three teams, Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver, have been playing. Um, and it was, it, was, it was a sad show. Um, yeah. Anti Niemi giving up, um, you know, let's let's call it what it is. Gave up four soft goals, um, but but the the fence was was bad. The forwards coming back bad, um, and so Carey Price uh, having to go in with all of the the drama, uh, the yeah. histrionics, uh, <laughs> the soap opera. As um, <laughs> if you want something entertaining to listen to. Um, Francois Gagnon with uh, with Tony Marinero and and I mean there's there's uh, there's haters in the the Carey Price haters in the French media but there's also uh, a, their fair share of 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 haters in the English uh, mainstream media. Tony Marinero is I mean it's it's obvious he has despised Carey Price from day one. Uh, thought that yeah. that Piero Halak was the one that should have been retained. Uh, Stu Cowan is another one who just can't say anything nice about Carey Price. So with all of this drama, with all the soap opera, oh, and I was going to say Francois Gagnon, who I respect a lot, um, went on uh, Tony Marinero's show this week. And uh, if you want something entertaining, listen to Francois Gagnon school uh, Tony Marinero. Uh, <laughs> and just tell him to calm down and, and stop with the with the, the, the soap opera drama, the daily soap opera drama about Carey Price and uh, challenges him, you know, when, when uh, uh, Tony threw out just nonsense stuff, uh, Francois Gagnon, his, his regular phrase in, in that appearance was, are you serious, Tony? Yeah, which <laughs> <laughs> finally someone said, but yeah. um, Carey Price went into that game with a lot of pressure and you know, yeah. lots of people have been talking about um, what's the deal because Stefan Waite says Carey Price is sound technically. Carey Price mm-hmm. says his game is sound technically. From what I've seen, his game is sound technically. Um, so what, what is it that's causing uh, this so-called perception? Uh, and, and Carey Price, after, <laughs> after that game where he got the Bronx cheer, uh, and uh, gave up the overtime goal to Ristolainen and said, it's all upstairs. And then it exploded. The soap opera exploded again and sports psychologists and blah, 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 which in a sense, I think he was saying is, um, you know, uh, this is Montreal. Why do I let them get to me? Why, why do I let them get to my head? Why? And and it was it was clear that that that's what he was saying about the Ristolainen goal because um, he was asked about the Bronx cheer and then the the uh, the goal and he tied the two together. Um, yeah. It it um, so 
I, you know, he's, he's, he's one of those guys who's, who's calm, cool, and collected. Um, he came in with an outstanding effort in, in um, uh, Calgary, even though, you know, everything around him was, was, uh, fall, yeah, just falling apart. Uh, 43 saves um, in that second period alone. I think there was, um, I don't have it in front of me. I think there was 19 shots. I believe um, that was it, yeah. And, and it was, it was recorded that 16 of those were from the red zone. 16 yep. of the 19 were high danger uh, quality scoring chance, chances. And that's what's been happening. That's, that's the, the uh, if, if you want any kind of, of reason um, to what has been happening with, with the Canadians goaltending situation, with the fact that they're giving up a lot of goals, um, it's it's the defense, which um, we have that quote from from uh, Mark Bergevin himself, the architect of this bad defense, um, <laughs> when he was at the the uh, general manager meetings in Toronto. Um, Mark Bergevin said, "When the the defensive work of of this team improves, I think uh, our goaltending will be better." Um, and and that's exactly it. Um, yeah. I mean, the goaltenders can do only so much. And on Thursday night, Carey Price did it all. He did everything. Yeah. Um, but he can't be expected to do that every single night. Uh, it's just it's just impossible. Um, yeah. One of the things that's that's interesting is you know we have people that that say well. Uh, look at his save percentage or look at his goals again and look at, but, and, and the, the ones who, who in particular uh, I think are, are kind of funny is uh, yeah. The stats don't lie crowd. We talked about that last week. Um, <laughs> are the folks that say, this is another t- telltale sign. If you hear somebody say, I like Carrie price, but that usually means they don't at all. And <laughs> they're going to, they're going to trash Carrie price. But yep. uh, the ones who compare Auntie Niemi to uh, Carey Price. Um, and we've seen um, people try to uh, spread these, these, these uh, uh, screen caps of, of things that have been passed around the Internet, particularly on Twitter, where they say, well, um, Niemi's um, goals against was this. And carry prices was this. Therefore, Niemi's a better goaltender. Well, when you look at it, uh, they're comparing a hundred games of carry price to about 16, 18 games of, of anti Niemi. Um, yeah. anti Niemi. And, and again, I don't have it in front of me, but my recollection is he has 11 wins all time as a Montreal Canadian. Um, that's way down the list compared to, <laughs> You know, yeah. Carey Price, second most winning goaltender of all time, and 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 running up on on uh, Jacques Plante. So um, when they compare those two and a small sample size, um, you're comparing vastly different workloads. And anyone who knows anything about statistics knows that unless you have a comparable sample size, you're not going to draw any kind of meaningless, uh, meaningful uh, conclusions out of it. It's just it's yeah. it's meaningless. 
Um, you also have to take into the fact they say, well, there's the same defense. Well, no, there isn't. Um, because uh, Niemi plays hit or miss here, here and there um, because of injuries, it's, it could be a vastly different defense. Um, and we also know that, that um, Niemi gets handpicked opposition. Um, yeah. You know, they, they play, they try to play Niemi in games where the opponents um, aren't going to be as, as strong, let's say. And we saw that this week. I just mentioned that. Yeah. Um, so instead, the, you know, I think you've got to analyze goal by goal. And in the Journal de Montréal um, this week, um, and, and let's say, let's, let's be honest, let's, let's be frank, not, not a site that's a Carey Price friendly site, let's say. Um, yeah. They're not. Um, and um, yet they went through his 37 goals allowed goal by goal by goal. And, and, and it's now 39 compared to uh, uh, with the, uh, the Calgary game added in. Yeah. Um, they went goal by goal by goal. And um, they came up with four bad goals that Carey Price has allowed this season. Now, there's, there, as I went through them, and there's goals in there that I wouldn't put in there. And we, we talked about that. They have the Bodker goal as a bad goal. Yeah. Um, and you and I talked about that, that <laughs> Carey Price can almost do no right, right, in, in some people's eyes, because that goal, we know what he was trying to do. He had to paddle down, prevent the, the uh, Bodker from, from cutting across the crease force Bodker to make the perfect shot, which he did. Uh, it, it was the high percentage move. Then yeah. a couple of weeks later, uh, Pionk, Carey Price <laughs> uh, sits back, protects the post, hugs the post. Pionk goes by Druan, goes by uh, Juleson. Mike Riley is out to lunch. Uh, Carey Price trusts his defenseman, and, and he's blamed there too. Uh, so you yeah. can't have it both ways. Um, so let's say in our eyes, maybe two, what we, we, we said that the, the wrist line and goal, the overtime goal, that's a goal that, that Carey Price has. We understand why he allowed it. Yeah. We understand fully. We understand that, that Lekkonen shouldn't miss that shot. We understand that Pekka shouldn't have stopped skating. Uh, but we're still going to say that's a bad goal because Carey Price should have had it. Uh, yeah. And the, the Bronx cheer uh, ringing in his ear um, and it shouldn't be, he has to block that out. Um, so whether it's two bad goals or four bad goals, the same conclusion, which, which, uh, the journal de Montreal came up with, um, there are way too many high danger, um, too many goals of, uh, that are, are, are of high difficulty. There's, yeah. uh, they, they, categorize the the remainder of the goals the four the beyond the four goals as either high difficulty or impossible to stop i think there was 16 40 uh, percent of the goals uh in their uh estimation were absolutely impossible to stop the rest were uh extreme difficulty um yeah so what we're saying is the defense the defense uh, the defense men, uh, of which the Canadians have far too many, 
of the six, seven variety defensemen, those that are just on the border of being in the lineup or not, uh, playing way above their heads um, yeah. or being asked to play way above their heads. Um, and the defensive forwards. Uh, we've talked about this for, before, Pekka and, and Duran and, uh, and all of those. And so instead of we're going to make this about you and I both have chosen Carey Price as our winner and the rest of the show is going to be, is going to focus on uh, team defense and, and yeah. how they've been playing and, and how they can play better. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, like I, when, when people say that the numbers don't lie, I mean, look, numbers don't tell the whole story. They provide a context, you know, they, they can be used to come up with conclusions, but they shouldn't be the sole reason why you formulate an opinion because there is a context behind those numbers. And it's that Montreal, to your point, have been giving up incredibly dangerous scoring opportunities to their opponents. And that's something that we're going to get to. And just very quickly, my loser of the week would be a member of, of the defense core. And it's kind of hard to choose one because there's, there's a lot of guys that did not play well over this past week defensively. But if I'm going to choose one, it would probably be, probably be Jordy Ben. And uh, I mean, in that Calgary game, he was the one that was, you know, he kind of had uh, price screened twice. Uh, I know that uh, Amy Johnson had pointed that out, or uh, mm-hmm. the lead AHL report contributor. She had pointed that that out in particular, in particular. And you know, just generally, I don't know if he's been—I uh, don't know if he's been playing well enough in in general. I know that he has been a lot better than he was in the preseason, but that doesn't really give us a whole lot to. <laughs> that's not a—that's not very difficult to do. I, I don't think he was not. He was awful in the preseason and now he's been playing better but he's still not been playing very well and to your point it might just be that he is being asked to do far more than he should be being asked to do Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah um i'm i'm gonna i'm just gonna uh support your choice and and uh, (laughs) uh give up my choice uh and um and we'll we'll just make one more comment in in my in my Carey Price rant, I'll just say one more thing, that, that after his brilliant game on, on Thursday, brilliant game by Carey Price on Thursday, it was absolutely disgusting for J.S. Jaguar to come out and trash Carey Price on Friday <laughs> in public. And let's, let's put some context. I mean, um, he talked about work ethic, and he talked about uh, how his, his preferred goaltender is more fiery is is more emotional is is looks a certain way on the ice and that for him is leadership we know we know who he was talking about there and and to put some context to this is this comes down to a lot of people's criticism of Carey Price it's because he passed Patrick Waugh their hero uh, on the wins list and and all yeah. of this hate is coming out because of that because of of Carey Price being spoken about in the in the same breath as as Patrick Waugh and we know J.S. Shiger was uh, J.S. Shiger yes of course he played for um, uh, Patrick Waugh uh, in Patrick Waugh's first uh, season behind the bench in Colorado we also know that J.S. Shiger's uh, goalie coach Francois Allaire uh, coached with with uh, Patrick Waugh. 
But to put some full context to this, um, Jaguar, people may not know, Jaguar idolized Patrick Waugh, favorite player of all time. Mm-hmm. He said, there's quotes of him saying, the greatest goaltender of all time. Jez Jaguar in his basement, um, uh, his, his, his most prized possession is not his Stanley Cup ring. It is a photo with Jaguar as a 12-year-old and Patrick Waugh. And, and, and at that time, Patrick Waugh gave him a stick. Uh, Jaguar used that stick as, as, a, as a kid, broke it three times. His, his father uh, kept gluing it back together, and now he has it mounted alongside this, this photo. So let's put some context to, to what Jaguar is getting at. Yes, Carey yeah. Price is, is not Patrick Waugh. Uh, but he shouldn't be criticized uh, for that sole reason. And, and I think uh, Eric Ingalls said that uh, Jaguar's comments were preposterous and, and, yeah. and I'd have to fully agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a really nice article as well as uh, yeah. It painted the picture of, you know, they're just two different individuals. They're two different people and they have two different outlooks and two different, ways of, of being an intense comp- competitor and Carey Price is largely unseen. We don't see that part of him. So yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with that. And uh, I know that you've got to run, as I, I mentioned, do. you are a very, you're a very busy man. So I will let you go. And, uh, yeah, you're in Syracuse tonight. You're going to be at the Laval Rocket game and that's going to be great. You guys keep doing your great stuff with the AHL report. So uh, yeah, well, I guess that'll be, That'll be it for Mr. Rick Stevens on today's episode. The, uh, the Carrie Price, my Halak with Chris and, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah, I'll be listening. Yeah. The Carrie Price to my Halak is leaving, but as he <laughs> mentioned, you're not just going to be stuck with me. Don't worry about it. We have a tremendous co-host who's going to be joining me for the second and third segments. You know, him from Habs 360. It was Chris G. So he will be with me. We're going to talk about the Habs defense, all those struggles. And we're going to, in the third segment, we're going to talk about tonight's game against Vancouver. So stick around. We'll be back after this. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, We want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, Visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, Drink and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? 
Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast. We're talking about Carey Price and uh, a little bit about the team defense as a whole. And uh, we have a very special guest because uh, Rick, unfortunately, well, he's, he's doing his job. But as I mentioned, he's a very busy man. He's on. He's in uh, Syracuse tonight for the Laval Rocket game. So we have a co-host to uh, to replace him in the second and third segment. That'd be Chris G, the former co the former host of the Habs 360 podcast and current senior writer with all halves in the HR report. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Joseph? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. This is going to be very fun because I'm told that you and you and Rick disagreed quite a lot. So this is going to be this is going to be very interesting to uh to host with the uh the other half of the <laughs> Habs 360 podcast and see see the differences, see the uh, <laughs> the similarities, see the differences. Yeah, it rarely happens that me and Rick uh, Rick agree, so it's fun. Yeah. It makes it it makes it interesting. Exactly. That exactly. So, I guess we'll just jump right in because me and Rick were talking about the team defense, and fortunately for the Montreal Canadiens, they do have something that's going to be, or someone rather, that's going to be joining them in a, in just a little bit. He is getting day by day. He's getting closer to making that return, and that would be Shea Weber. So. We're going to get to the question of the week in the third segment, and that would be asking the uh, lovely audience at home what they would think would be the best defensive pairings for the Montreal Canadiens when Shea Weber returns. But we'll get with our opinions right now. So, Chris, of the Montreal Canadiens, I mean, we have obviously a, a little bit of a weaker defensive core, but of those guys, who do you think is best suited to be Shea Weber's defensive partner? Well, in my opinion, I think uh, it would be Mike Riley in my eyes. Yeah. I, Mike Riley said he's somebody who could move the puck. Uh, he's a, he could pinch in while we, uh, Shea Weber stays uh, stays back in the defensive zone. Uh, we know Shea Weber can't move the puck as well as somebody as Mike Riley could. So I think Riley would mm-hmm. be a good uh, compliment to him. But that being said, I don't think. Riley is a defenseman that they're gonna that the Canadians are actually gonna start off Shea Weber with. I think the Canadians are actually preparing to put David Schlemko to uh, to play with Shea Weber at least in game number one. Remember last season before before at the at the golf tournament, Mark Bergevin did mention that David Schlemko was on his board to be a defensive partner for uh, for Shea Weber. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, well, since then. Both those players have uh, mostly been on the uh, injured reserve, so they haven't really gotten a chance to play together. So I don't really agree with it. I, but I think they're going to start Schlemko with uh, with Weber on uh, at least in game number one and see how that goes. And I don't think I don't think that defensive pairing would uh, would work. But that's what it looks like. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I, I mean. I know that they, when they when they brought in David Schlemko, I know that the idea was that maybe he does play a little bit. And then to your point, they've both been injured, so we haven't really gotten that. But yeah, it's like I mean, I know it's kind of hard to fault him because it's his 
pretty much his first game back. I believe it was his first game back against the Oilers and Connor McDavid absolutely just blew by him. And Connor McDavid does that yeah. to most players. Every, exactly. every player is the best in the world, but you know, like there's just points where, yeah, I, I would have to agree. I mean, Mike Riley is a guy that I would think is, is a really good partner. Victor Mete is probably be my, be, be the guy that I would go with. But I don't think that – I mean, if you look at the the responses that we're going to get to in a little bit, it's either Mike Riley or Victor Mete just because of the foot speed, the puck movement. And, I mean, maybe mm. Schlemko could provide a little bit more speed than – well, obviously, I mean, like not Mete and, and Riley, but you want to have someone there that's a little bit more mobile because that's not what Shea Weber is, is known for. But, yeah, it, it's, it's tough to say, but I, I think that – to your point, it would have to be someone that can move the puck, and Shea Weber's not one of those guys. Mete and, and Riley would be a little bit better in that regard. And we've seen the way that uh, the coach has used Victor Mete since the start of the season. It's usually been on the third defensive pairing. And, yeah. And he also sat out, I think, a game or two earlier in the, in the season. So I'm not sure if uh, if the coach is ready to uh, to give that pairing a shot to start off with as soon as Shea Weber comes back. And even when Weber comes back in the first game that he plays and the second game that he plays, he won't be as efficient uh, and as a good no, of a yeah. player that uh, that he is. So he'll need somebody also to to help Weber out. And I'm not sure if uh, Victor Met is the right person uh, to do that, at least to start off uh, when he returns back from injury. Yeah, that's the tough part about this because when you look at the Montreal Canadiens defensive core, like there's not many guys that, I mean, is okay. Jeff Petrie might be a guy that has played well at some points in the season, but generally not very well. Juleson's been a bright spot. He's been a guy that's, that's kind of, uh, that's really kind of separated himself. But when Shea Weber comes back, I mean, those are guys that are going to be playing behind him. You don't really have anyone to play with him. So it doesn't feel like there's a right choice. (laughs) It's just kind of a pick your poison. Yeah, and they're going to have uh, quite the problem. The Canadians will they'll have, uh, assuming everybody stays healthy until then, they'll have nine defensemen, and that's yeah. way too many defensemen to carry on your on your roster at any point of the season. Yeah, that's yeah, that's another great point because I was doing as as like just before the show, I was thinking about that because. You know, there's there's obviously going to be some problems when it comes to, and they've already kind of run into those problems. They've had to waive Delarose for and, and get nothing in return, and then they had to tell Thomas Paganich that he was no longer going to be needed. So now, when Shea Weber comes back, that's another one, and it's just starting to add up where we have these situations where Montreal just can't really get anything of equal value. Not to suggest that there are any defensemen that would be getting. <laughs> a whole lot of uh, not not their defensemen, anyways, that would be getting much of a return, if any. But that's that's just kind of a, another interesting point to that. And and I, and I threw it out there in my uh, not in the last week. I think it was two weeks ago in my take five column on all hats yeah. that Victor Mede and uh, Noah Julson are the only players on a defensive court that don't need to go through waivers. Yeah. So. Or is the possibility of one of them getting sent down to Laval or them alternating going between Laval and Montreal something that the Canadians will actually consider uh, 
consider doing this year? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Other option is there? There, yeah, I mean, there's well, there'd be nothing where they, I mean, where they're not losing an asset for nothing. But that's the other, the other end of that. I mean, you can't. I don't think that they can send down Noah Juleson. Mete might be a guy that you do, but is is he? You know, because like, who are the guys that would be ahead of him? I know that you don't want to lose anybody for nothing, but I don't know if we've seen enough out of Goulet to you know, to have Mete down in, in Laval, it, I, I don't know. It's it's tough. But then there's the question, like you mentioned, are they worth risking losing somebody for nothing? And yeah. then, you know, lo- losing Wallet, even if you lose him for nothing, is that a big deal? You know, probably not. Yeah. But then there's another option that uh, Ben, he's a free agent at the end of the season. So Zach, he could be a potential of somebody that gets, and he has a little cap hit as well. So he yeah. has, there's always a potential of him getting traded for a draft pick or something. Like, and the Canadians could easily replace, I think, Ben in their in their lineup. Yeah, I would agree with that, and um, I think that him being my loser of the week earlier in the show would would suggest <laughs> that I that I agree with that. But uh, yeah. but we were just talking we we're talking about Laval. So you've been you've been doing a great job with the AHL report. You've been at the uh, at Plas Bell covering the Laval Rocket, and is there anybody down, you know, provide if you could provide a little bit of insight from from your position? Is there anybody down on Laval currently that you think could step into Montreal and and fill some of those gaps that we've kind of been seeing? Well, it, there's no doubt about it in my mind that the, that uh, the Rocket's best defenseman has been uh, Brett Kulak. Yeah, uh, he he was acquired from uh, the Calgary Flames uh, in the uh, in the off season, and the coach as well. Bouchard has used him in all kinds of situations. He used him on power play. He used him on uh, the penalty kill on the first wave on the, both those units. Uh, you see Brett Kulak also. He he pinches in. Off very often you see him behind even the opponent's net, going in there, yeah. getting deep into uh, into the. Uh, involved in the play, he's also he's been physical as well. Like we, you've seen, like we've seen him uh, with with uh, the body checks um, as well. And at the same time, I spoke about that he's been used on the power play for the Laval Rockets. The Rockets power play hasn't been too good, so I'm not sure yeah. how, uh, <laughs> how how much he would benefit. But clearly, to me, he's the He's Laval's best defenseman uh, right now. It's it's a shame that uh, uh, Gustav Olofsson got injured uh, yeah. two games into uh, to the season, and he'll probably be out for the whole season, if not uh, most of it. So we didn't really get a chance to uh, to see him play a lot. Uh, there's also uh, Brent Lernout. He he had a tough start to uh, to the season, and even at one point uh, he was a healthy scratch. Uh, for one game, uh, if I remember uh, correctly, but yeah. he has been getting better as uh, as the season has been going. Even last night, I think he had a he had a good game. We see he's a physical player. Uh, he's not used on the power play in Laval, but he's used on the the penalty kill, and the yeah. penalty kill the the Rockets uh, they're doing really well. They're in the tops in the, the league. Then, if you're looking for not for immediate help for the Canadians, but uh, Kale Fleury has also been uh, very good. He's out with an injury uh, right now. 
but I think he's had a uh, he's had a good season as well. He'd be my uh, my third option. Yeah. But but clearly, if there's one player that gets called up for defenseman, the first one in my mind, it's no doubt that would be a Brett Kulak. Yeah, yeah, and and that you know, I mean, he's a guy that played 70 games in Calgary last year, so that was a bit of a it was a it was a good pickup for Montreal in that sense because I mean that's that's a nice depth guy to have and then also like he could come into Montreal and and also just because I mean that system in Calgary that's a pretty loaded defensive core so it's it's hard for anybody yeah. to get ahead so if he played 70 games he's doing something right and and it sounds like with your uh, with your analysis there that he's continued on and uh, Brett Learnout. Uh, that was a guy that I actually was was able to to watch when he was uh, St. John's Ice Cap, and that that's a guy that. And I know that Amy Johnson actually sent out a pretty uh, a tweet the other night about uh, picking uh, Brett Lernout over David Schlemko any day of the week. And you know that's I mean he brings that element <laughs> of of physica- physicality, which I mean I'm not sure Montreal lacks in in any way currently. I mean. Juleson's a guy that's he's a pretty for a young guy he's he's pretty tough and obviously if, if Shea Weber's coming back you don't need to worry exactly. about that but uh yeah but yeah I think that I mean Montreal it, it seems as though that they are they, they have a couple of different options should they need any help on the back end and it certainly looks like they they will need some help on the back end at some point because it hasn't been uh been very good for them no, for sure. Like the defense has definitely not been their their strong point. But yeah. to to bring somebody in, they'll have to clear some guys out, and I think that's where it gets interesting. Where you still need to finish that step one, which is make some room if you want to bring some new people in. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's not just the de- the the defenseman because, like, there have been some pretty bad effort. There's been bad effort from the forwards as well, and that's something that we're gonna get into a little bit because. I mean, I know that it's their job, and they've been doing it effectively. They've been creating offense. They've been using their speed, and that's great. But at some point, I mean, obviously, Carey Price, we've talked about him needing to have some help. The defensemen also need help, and, and they haven't really been getting it from from certain players. And, uh, I mean, I, I, just to name a couple, I mean, Drouin hasn't been – I mean, and he's the guy that kind of sets that tone because he's, he's Montreal's probably I mean I know that some people might say Max Domi now and that's that's a fair I would probably agree with that but he's one of Montreal's most talented players and at certain points it looks like he doesn't really care about the defensive side of the game I'm not sure if you would agree with that but to me there there's a little bit of a drop-off in terms of intensity when it's when it's about playing defense and helping out your your back end well, for sure, like we, I can't argue the fact that his defensive zone uh, work yeah. needs to get uh, to get better. I think uh, just and he's by not watching. Alone. No, and he and he isn't alone. And I think even yeah. for Joy, remember that game at Madison Square Garden against the New York Rangers, yeah. where Joy was so bad. Like at one point, he was on the bench for goals, and he was getting blamed on for. So like that's how bad he was, and. But over, like overall, I'm comparing it to last season. I I still think Dwayne has gotten. He looks better than he did last yeah. year. Uh, 
but I, I know that a lot of it has to do with Max Domi as well because Max Domi uh, has really fit in. He, Domi hadn't played uh, much center uh, last season. I think he, they, they said he's played for a month and he's looked very natural playing at the center position. So I know that um, that's helped him as well. But there's other players that we could throw in, like you mentioned, besides uh, Drouin yeah. for the defensive zone coverage. And I could throw out the next one that I have on uh, on my list and the second player like Joy obviously he was on my first on my list the second one has to be uh, uh, Charles Ludon for me yeah. I find that he's uh, struggled in his uh, defensive zone and it seems like at least in my eyes the more ice time that he gets like the more responsibilities he gets uh, the more he struggles when it yeah. comes to uh, covering defensively with uh, with turn- turnovers and I know I've read um, on the social media, on Twitter, like when Shavu does on the fourth line, it keeps saying, like, move him up to the third line, move him up to, like, a, a more scoring position. But he, Kodry already tried that this year, and it didn't work. A lot of turnovers. Yeah. Uh, there was one game in particular now where he had, like, two turnovers that led to goals, and even uh, he, he was scratched. After that, for uh, for a couple of games, because the coach wasn't happy with it, and I don't blame him. No, yeah. So, and especially now where the Canadians are going in the sequence, where overall the whole team is struggling defensively, we could probably make a case for every single player on uh, yeah. struggling defensively. But those two players, I think, Joy and Udon, stand out for I'd say more consistently throughout the season. I've struggled struggled on the defensive zone. Yeah, and like that's those are two guys, and, and when you mentioned that they were that Udon had that chance, he was playing with Drouin, and then that just kind of that that made it stand out even more that both of them had uh, you know had had terrible uh, showings. Uh, I think that they were together for the Islanders game for sure, and then I think parts mm-hmm. of the Rangers game as well, and that was you know a, a pretty bad performance by a lot of different guys, but those were the two guys that stood out for, for all the wrong reasons. And uh, another one just to throw in, I think, and, and this is one where we were talking about last week when Tomasz Pukanic had, uh, had been waived for the, uh, for the purpose of, of termination, that Matthew Pekka, I mean, if he's going to be playing the fourth line role, that he's going to have to be a little bit more reliable defensively than he's been. I know that he's got great speed, um, you know, and that's great. This team is built around that speed and skill all the way down the lineup that's great but the fourth line traditionally is one that you should be able to get minimal mistakes because you're not going to be playing these guys very often and if he has an impact on the game in a negative way then that's just not what he's supposed to be doing um and rick mentioned the wrist aligning goal from uh just last week where he was you know he's lauded for his speed he's a guy that has tremendous speed and he just kind of was gliding on that play at the tail end of that and let mm-hmm. the line and load up. So, I, you know, those are guys that I understand that they are offensively te- – they're, they're very creative individuals, but they have not performed well enough defensively. And that's the part of the game right now where Montreal – you can see all their issues that they, they're, they're having right now. Yeah, like I agree, like Pekka hasn't uh... – hasn't been too strong, but at the same time, when I look at Pekka, I don't want to discount it, but he's he's only play he plays like an average ten minutes a game. 
Yeah. So, so that's why, like, I'd probably focus. Uh, I'd focus like more on players who have more ice time. Players like like we mentioned before, Drouin. Yeah. Uh, you don't play. What is it? Tickets about eleven or twelve minutes uh, a game as well. So th- those guys are uh, are really important. And then I think for the fact of uh, for Drouin and Domi, a lot of their I think their defensive problems have been hidden from the fact that. Domi has been scoring and been producing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and right now, is it what? I think it's eight games that Domi has at least a point. And I think Andrew Shaw is uh, three or four games, or I think he scored like four goals in his last two games or something like that. Like Andrew yeah. has been producing effectively as well. So a lot of that, I think, is is turning attention away from uh, from the way they're playing defensively and. I guess at the end of the day, as long as they're scoring more than they're they're allowing allowing goals, it's fine. But yeah, realistically, Domi won't produce at this pace for the whole season. Uh, so eventually, that's gonna that's gonna get down. So that means his defensive play will, will need to get better. Uh, yeah. At, by then. Yeah, and I mean, like, I feel like asking what they could do to limit those opportunities against is probably I, I don't know if that's a fair like not a fair question I will say that I feel like a lot of it's probably going to be answered within the whenever you get Shea Weber back because yeah. I think getting him back is going to be a huge thing for this team obviously because he's Shea Weber but then everyone steps down a peg and Jeff Petrie doesn't have to be what he's been for the for the most part of this season and then Noah Juleson takes a step down and then maybe that's a little bit more of a because there have been some pretty bad decisions that have been made by some of the younger defensemen that Montreal have maybe that calms them down a little bit more having that presence with Shea Weber on the ice and I think that that could in itself be a huge huge uh way that this problem kind of doesn't go away but is lessened a little bit no, uh, for sure, especially on the right side of the defense. I think everybody yeah. goes back into uh, to a role that fits them more yeah. of of who they are. I know when we're going to go through the pairings in a couple of minutes, we'll go into more details. But the, on the left yeah. side of defense, I think uh, people will still not be where they should be. Yeah, you know, yeah. on the depth chart. Yeah, for sure. And that's that's going to be a once Shea Weber gets back, that's going to be a really interesting thing to watch. And uh, we're going to get to all of your answers on the questions of the week, uh, the question of the week, rather, in a little bit in the third segment. Before we get there, we're going to take a brief pause. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about Carey Price, who's returning to British Columbia tonight to, to do battle with the uh, the Vancouver Canucks. And uh, Jesperi Kakiniemi, who's who's come into uh, a little bit, well, he's created a little bit of a, of a rivalry between himself and the Vancouver Canucks rookie Elias Pettersson. So we're going to talk about that after this. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. 
The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection. Just had a nice chat about the Canadians defensive issues. We've been talking about what player, what defenseman should be playing on Shea Weber's left side when he returns. And uh, we're going to get to your answers to that question of the week. Who do you think Shea Weber should play with when he returns? A little bit later on. Right now, the Montreal Canadiens coming off the, uh, the the win over Calgary on Thursday night that was largely thanks to, or actually I would think would be uh, much more fair to say that it was all thanks to Carey Price and his 43-save effort. But uh, they're in BC tonight. They're going to be playing the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, we've got, uh, that's a very special game, obviously, for, for Carey Price. And we've also got Yasperi Kotkaniemi, who, uh, <laughs> who uh, him and Elias Pettersson are going to be doing battle for the first time in their careers against each other. They obviously, Yasperi Kotkaniemi, Finnish, and Pettersson, Swedish. So that's going to be a very interesting, interesting matchup between two young <laughs> Uh, dynamic players, and, and Patterson's been phenomenal for Vancouver, so this is going to be the first opportunity to have get to see him just a few nights after they've seen Connor McDavid, so that's going to be a, a very interesting uh, part of tonight's game. You know, for sure, and you know, Kotkaniemi, he's had a uh, he's been getting better, I think, by every game that he's played. Yeah. And I also think his teammates have, have embraced him a very likable guy, as we could tell from the clips that we see on TV. And I think that's probably helped the the spirit in the room as well. And yeah, even if you look at his sure. play in the ice, I, I saw him play at uh, the Rookie Showdown in Laval in September, and at first game he looked lost, he looked confused, didn't know what he was doing. But totally different player right now. And even initially, he struggled initially with his face-offs and now he's up to 41%, which is good compared to yeah. when he started, but obviously he needs to get better uh, at that as well. And if you look at uh, Peterson on his end, he's been um, he's been hitting it out of the park since he since yeah. the start of the season. Exciting player. Uh, he scored some very nice goals. Hopefully we won't see any of that tonight. He'll be a very <laughs> boring player. 
and he won't be spectacular. Uh, he's a smart player uh, as yeah. well. And as I was reading on uh, Peterson, uh, and something interesting that I found was that uh, he didn't join the NHL at 18 year old at 18 years old like Kot Kanyemi did. He played an extra yeah. year. And he dominated that league with 56 points in 44 games. Yeah. So. Yeah. So then, how you relate that back to Kotkaniemi is is that the route that Kotkaniemi should have gone, and then maybe next year get the results that we're getting from Peterson this year. Yeah, that's a very interesting question. I mean, because Montreal's, I mean, largely they're playing him there because he's a, one of their better options to be playing there, and he's played well enough. And 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 has uh, has moments where he's looked better than a lot of the other Montreal Canadiens players, and that's to do with uh, <laughs> the fact that the Montreal Canadiens don't necessarily have uh, a lot of talent. They've certainly been playing yeah. very very well, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the center core. That's that's why he uh, he's still around. But I think, and and me and Rick mentioned this in the very first episode that the best option I think for him would have been to go back to Finland. But mm-hmm. I think, yeah, like there's been so much that's, that's happened and, and he's, he's growing very, very quickly. Like to your point on the faceoffs, like that is something where he was, I mean, I think there was a game against, uh, it was early in the season. I think it was against the LA Kings where I was expecting that to be a game where, you know, after playing Toronto and Pittsburgh, okay, L.A. is going to be a tough one for him. And I know that L.A. right now isn't that great. But early in the season, that's a tough team to play against because they're Western Conference and they're strong and they're, you know, everything like that. So that was the game where I was like, okay, well, what are we going to see from Kotkaniemi tonight? And and he was probably Montreal's best forward that night. I know that they got pretty much – I think they got shut out that game. But – or it might have just been one goal. But regardless – that was a really good performance from him. And uh, anyways, veering off track, him versus Pedersen, that's going to be a really interesting <laughs> matchup. And to your point, anybody that has Pedersen in, uh, in fantasy hockey or, or their pool or whatever is, is loving him right now because he has been hitting it out of the ballpark, as you say. So that's yeah. going to be a, a very uh, interesting, uh, interesting matchup tonight. Um, so I guess we'll, get into the question of the week. We were talking earlier about who we thought should be playing with Shea Weber when he returns to the lineup. And uh, we, we posed the question to you. We asked the audience what, what they think. And uh, we've gotten some, some responses. We, we have Blaine from the uh, Haves Unfiltered podcast who says, who agrees with you actually, that says you go with, with Riley. And then you have Mate with Petrie and Ouellette with Juleson to round out the top six. Uh, Corey Desormeaux, and uh, he says he'd like to throw in Mete with Weber. Mete has shown some confidence with the puck. Without Weber, I can only imagine that increasing with a guy like Weber. So we have two guys that are agreeing with us, and then it goes to uh, skills underscore 25. He says Riley with Weber and Schlemko or Ben with Petrie, Mete or Ouellette with Juleson. And he thinks that Alsner may find his way out the door along with one of either Schlemko, Ouellette, or Ben. And, uh, I mean, generally it seems that the consensus is Riley, but we do have a fair few that are saying Victor Mate as well. Have one guy, Mike Emanuel, who says Markov with a little winky face. And uh, I enjoy that one. That one is a – that's a good one. That uh, <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. – maybe 
maybe in another world in another in another life <laughs> but uh unfortunately yeah. that's not the uh and and we have someone here Stephen Lee that says I'm good with whatever Claude decides he knows much more about hockey and more about his players than I and that's that's an important thing to remember because all of us <laughs> playing uh playing armchair coach armchair GM we're not exactly uh equipped to answer some of the questions but we do our best yeah. and uh yeah what what's Facebook saying well, first, before I go to Facebook, uh, Blaine and everybody else has said Riley, you know, those are very smart people because they agree with me. Yeah. And they're probably <laughs> r- and they're right. <laughs> uh, on on uh, Facebook, there, there's a lot of uh, Riley and uh, Mede as uh, as well for the for the, the first uh, to play with Shea Weber. Uh, yeah. There was a couple of Jeff Petrie to play with, uh, with Shea Weber, which realistically that's not going to happen you have two right-handed yeah. shots and you need them to play uh, number one and uh, number two on, um, on on the right side of defense and there was uh, and that's about that's about it actually it's pretty unanimous between Riley uh, a couple of Petrie and yeah. uh, and Meta to play with uh, Shea Weber their defensive pairings were um we're pretty much uh, the same peachy with Willette, Met and Julson, yeah. or some kind of variation like that, and that's where it gets it gets tricky. So let's say the first pairing is Riley with Weber. So then we know the the second pairing defense on the right side would be uh, Jeff Petrie. So then who plays on the left side? So are we looking at Schlemko? Are we looking at uh, Victor Mede? Are we looking at Willette? are looking at yeah. uh, Ben and I think that's where it gets tough on um, on the left side I think uh, the Canadians will play Lemko and Riley as their number one and number two uh, left defense and then the, when you're looking at the third pairing I think it'll just be an alternate uh, it'll be between Willette, Mete and Osner Osner he has a bad contract that you know the Canadians can't really buy him out or yeah. have to place him in the waivers. Nobody's gonna pick that up, that contract. So I think they're at least stuck with him as one of their 23 players on the roster. Yeah. And then you just have somebody like Ben, hopefully a free agent, get something before the end of the season for him. Yeah, and and I think. I know that he has a terrible contract. I, I was one of the people, I mean, like, and I think that that was probably maybe the consensus at that point, that why are you willing to give Carl Alsner this amount of money and not Andre Markov, who has been your good soldier for many, many years? But I don't know if, if Carl Alsner has been that bad. I, I don't think he's been, you know, I, I like, I would rather have him out on the ice and kind of know that know his limitations than have a guy like Ulet on the ice and see him make the same mistake in, in the span of, of six minutes against the, the Buffalo Sabres and allow a guy who most people probably haven't heard of uh, in Rodriguez to go in mm-hmm. and create not, you know, like that, that to me, I mean, I know what, I know what Carl Alsner is and I know that he hasn't been able to really find himself or or whatever it was that made him uh, somewhat successful in 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 washington but i i don't know if if that's 
been a big issue or, or not, because I think that I know that people would want to uh, point to the contract and, and the, the lack of production and the fact that he's had a pretty bad season last year, but I don't know if, you know, maybe that's a guy that rounds out your top six. And I know it's a very overpriced guy to round out your top six, but yeah. I, I, you know, and I know that that would then create a little bit of problems because if he's playing with Juleson, you, you don't, I mean, Juleson is, is a good overall you know, all around player, but that's a little bit of a, of a tricky ask for Je- for uh, Noah Jolson to be the guy that's, that's breaking the puck out and, uh, and whatnot. So it's an interesting, I mean, Montreal have got <laughs> to the, to uh, Stephen Lee's point, they have a lot of options and it's up now to Claude Julian to decide which ones are, are the best, uh, what's the best course of action for the Montreal Canadiens. Well, yeah, and I think uh, because of the number of defensemen, I think this is where Bergevin gets involved as well. Because there's yeah. when Web when Weber comes back, there's there's going to be a lot of bodies, and yeah, I know Bergevin has always said you never have enough defensemen. I, I think when you're uh, when you're up to eight healthy defensemen, you know you have a lot of defensemen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know that's yeah that's a little bit a little bit excessive even for a, a former defenseman like Mark Bergevin. Who probably has a soft spot in his heart for uh, for uh, for some of those guys, and also just generally thinking that that you know you need a lot of defensemen, which is true. You you can never have too many, but like uh, yeah. you know eight nine kind of pushing it. Um, so I guess we'll uh, we'll kind of uh, segue now and and just kind of go over to uh, the bad tweet of the week. Listen up, it's time for some bad tweets. On the Canadian's connection. And even while he's not here, Rick is still doing his part because he found this tweet. So we'll give uh, we'll give Rick credit for finding this one. It's from at uh, Todd Pugsley on Twitter, and uh, he's saying that Save by Niemi going to be big. That's the difference between him and and Carey Price right now. Doesn't let the next one in. And uh, that was while <laughs> the Canadians were uh, were were tied with the. Uh, with the Edmonton Oilers, and then Antti Niemi proceeded to allow four goals, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that that one that one didn't exactly age well, and that's mostly the reason why that's the bad tweet of the week. I think that Antti Niemi, to his credit, has done a very good job of having back out uh, back up rather. He uh, played a great game against the Vegas Golden Knights last week when the team actually kind of needed a win with everything that was going on on, on Thursday night. And uh, that would, that would have been a little bit of a, uh, a blow for the Montreal Canes to lose that game. So did a great job in that game, not so much against the Edmonton Oilers, but as we were talking about earlier, probably has a lot more to do with the defense. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. Like Amy has done a good job as a, as a backup goalie. And even the game against the Edmonton Oilers, he allowed, uh, a lot of bad goals, and and you also managed to pull off some nice saves as well in the same yeah. game. So so that's kind of uh, odd for Niemi, but I think there's clearly um, there's clearly no debate on who's a better goaltender that the Canadians have between uh, Price yeah. and Niemi. I don't think that anybody should ask that question. Uh, that being said, I'm in the boat where I think Price had a uh, difficult five game stretch. Uh, recently, and I think like he he needs to be better. And um, but to me, it's still clear that Terry Price is the number one goalie. Like there's no no doubt about it in my mind. Yeah, 
and it, it was interesting because after that game, everyone then was saying, well, you know what? The defense has got to be better. And that's a fair criticism. That's a good point to make because Antoniemi was, he did make some nice saves and for the, for most of it was kind of hung out to dry. But these are the same mistakes that have been happening over the course of the past couple of weeks. And it's just taking the guy that's making $10 million a year out of the net and putting in the guy that's making close to league minimum. And then that's, oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. We got to, we got to, we got to fix this problem because this has been, you know, you just hung out at Niemi that you just hung him out to dry, but those guys weren't there when it was Carey Price being hung out to dry because Carey Price is, is the, uh, I guess he's the guy that everyone wants to blame because that would be the easy thing to do. But there's, there's other things that are, that are going on. And uh, I know, I know that Antoniemi, he did, he did make, a couple of, of good saves, but yeah, the defense has got to, uh, and we've been talking about this for two episodes. Now we go back to last week. We're having pretty much the same conversation that this is what's been going on. And uh, yeah, so that was the bad tweet of the week, but mostly just because it didn't age well at all. And, uh, (laughs) and, you know, I feel like to your point, there shouldn't be a question between Miami and, uh, and, and carry price. That's, that's just, uh, that, that it's not even close. No, uh, for sure. And, uh, I think, uh, the Habs fans in general needed to see a performance like price, uh, had on against the Calgary Flames where he made 43 saves. It's important for Carey price as well that he had a game like that. And, and that he plays well against night against the, the Vancouver Canucks. He has family in attendance against uh, in Calgary. He's gonna have even more family uh, in the tonight game against the Vancouver Canucks. So let's hope that's even an extra motivation for him, and hopefully post another shutout tonight. Yeah, and they're wrapping up that, as Rick mentioned off the top of the show. It's and, and I was alluding to a comment he made a few weeks back. This has been a tough road trip for the Montreal Canadiens historically. So this is gonna be a very interesting game tonight. Carey Price back in his home province of British Columbia to do battle with the Vancouver Canucks. So um, mm-hmm. I guess we'll, uh, we'll call it there. We'll, uh, we'll wrap this thing up because this has been a, uh, this has been a, a good week in terms of, uh, of conversation. We had a great first segment. We, we were uh, glad to be joined by you in the second segment to talk about the Laval rocket a little bit and, uh, and, and just kind of see if there was anything, in terms of defensemen down there that would be able to uh, help this team out. So thank you for, for taking the time to, uh, to join me. So our, our listeners don't have to just put up with me all the time. Uh, no problem. And in my opinion, <laughs> the second, the third segment were the best ones. Exactly. Yeah. I think you're completely <laughs> unbiased in saying that. It's like Jean Sebastian Jaguer saying that, you know, he, he thinks that Carrie Bryce should be, uh, should be more fired up like Patrick Watt. Completely unbiased. <laughs> completely unbiased. Exactly. Exactly. So thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us. If you want to follow uh, Chris G on Twitter, Chris, where can they get you? Chris Habs 360. You'll find my coverage of the Canadians and the Laval rocket, including uh, both of those games uh, tonight. So my eyes will be very busy tonight. Yeah, you will be uh, as, as usual. You are you and Rick, both, both incredibly busy men. You uh, you've been doing a great job covering Laval rocket. Keep that up. You've been doing great with your, your take five column every week. That, that's been some really great stuff. So 
uh, we'll uh, I'll look forward to seeing the next installment and your next game recaps and next pressing questions to uh, to Laval Rocket bench boss uh, Joe Bouchard. So that will be uh, all things that I'm looking forward to. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at JoeWhalen19. You can follow Rick Stevens at All Habs. As mentioned, he's going to be in Syracuse tonight for the Laval Rocket game. And uh, yeah, you can follow this podcast as its own Twitter account at Habs Connection. So you can you can follow that. And uh, yeah, that was uh, that will be uh, that'll be it for this episode. If you want to look us up, you can you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms, Overcast, Stitcher, etc. Just look up Rocket Sports Radio. You'll get this podcast, and you'll get the From the Press Box podcast from the AHL Report, where Chris and Amy have been doing very great work, along with, of course. The, uh, the very busy man that I mentioned, Rick Stevens. So we'll be back with you next week, and we'll be talking everything that's gone on in this week to come for the Montreal Canadiens. As I mentioned, they're in BC for a game against the Vancouver Canucks. That's going to be very interesting. And, yeah, so we'll be back with you at this time next week. It'll be 1, 1 Eastern, 2.30 Newfoundland time. We'll be right back with you. We look forward to it. Thank you for tuning in to Canadian Connection. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.